0: Can you imagine your wedding day yet? Can you imagine how all the planning you're doing, the hours of work, the money you're spending, how it will all come together? It's probably a little bit blurry. Now, fast forward 10, 20 years later when you sit down to watch your wedding video. Photos look nice on your wall or in an album, but without video, you have no way to actually relive the day years later. So last year on my 21st wedding anniversary, I watched our wedding video and I cried, seeing my grandmother, who's since passed away, grab my face, tell me how much she loved me and kiss me on the forehead. A wedding video isn't just a recording. It's a time machine that takes you back to those moments that truly matter. And that is why I'm happy to welcome Shutter and Sound Films as a sponsor of this podcast. Shutter and Sound is a very small group of filmmakers dedicated to turning your big day into a work of art. No matter where you are on the East Coast, they've got you covered. So when you inquire with Shutter and Sound, be sure you mention you heard them on the Big Wedding Planning Podcast because they will include an Instagram clip to your package for free. And that's a $150 value. So check them out on the web at ShutterAndSound.com. That's ShutterAndSound.com. Thank you, Shutter and Sound. Hey there, this is Michelle. Just a quick note to say that if you are hearing this, you are not currently on our subscriber feed and will only be hearing the first part of this episode. In order to access full episodes of the Big Wedding Planning Podcast, you'll need to subscribe either by clicking the link in the description of wherever you are listening now or go to our website, thebigweddingplanningpodcast.com. Once you become a subscriber, you'll be given a private RSS feed to add to your favorite podcast player app. You will have access to our entire catalog of full length, ad-free episodes, plus awesome subscriber-only content to help you plan your wedding. So if you like what we're doing here, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. You're going to love it. I promise. Do you ever have couples or advise couples who, you know, the parents of each partner perhaps are just really uncomfortable with this kind of mixed religion to the ceremony. Do you have any experience counseling people on things like that?
1: Yes, I do. I I work with the parents as well as the couple.
0: Can you give us some insights, scenarios, advice for someone listening that might be, you know, going through, through that?
1: Certainly. You want to be honest with everyone involved. The goal is, Two traditions, and you're not belittling either one, and you're not weighing it in favor of the one or the other. It's one ceremony, two traditions coming together.
0: The big wedding planning podcast. Just two wedding planners tearing it up. Listen, learn, plan that plan way. That way. The Big Wedding Planning Podcast, a show for anyone, anyone involved in planning a wedding. We want you to learn something valuable and be entertained at the same
2: time. My name is Michelle Martinez. And I'm Christy Matthews. Hello. As I am speaking right now, I'm in my childhood bedroom because I happen to be in Texas and uh, I can smell, Michelle, through the door all the way upstairs that my mom is making, like, grilled cheese sandwiches for the boys right now. It's that, like, <laughs> undeniable smell. Nostalgic. Well, just, like, gr- to be here in this room and smelling that is definitely, like, a wave of bringing me back. I mean. Did you wear braces? Did you have braces when you were a kid? I did. I had all the things. Did you make out
0: with any anybody in your bedroom in that bedroom? I mean,
2: I definitely did, but it wasn't. I don't think it was the number one spot in the house. Uh, oh, there's a game room okay. that had a. We weren't supposed to ever be in my bedroom, so if I was in here, it was sneaky. Oh. Yeah, well, and that's a Are whole other episode.
0: That is a whole nother episode. <laughs> 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 I I kind of want to just talk about that. No, no, we can't. We can't because this episode is is really good uh we have not we've talked a little bit about religion mhm but we don't want to single out any religion nor do we want to promote any other religion nor are you you or right. i religious
2: and the podcast um, is based on like A foundation of inclusivity. So if we do talk about any religion, it's always like backed up with like, if you want to do that, or in this case, or, you know, we like qualify things so that everybody listening, we can feel like is going to get something out of it, religious or not.
0: Right. And I think uh, this is just the perfect guest for us and for our listeners, because Rabbi Block, clearly he's a rabbi. That would be Jewish. Means that would be Jewish. Yep. But he is, his whole thing is you can have any kind of ceremony you want. Yes. Any religion, mix of religions. No Mentioning religion. God. No mentioning God. Whatever you want to do, we're going to do it.
2: it. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, you can do it. And also he is put himself in a role to facilitate that. So he's like an efficient for hire, which we go into. Um, but he also schooled us a little bit, not that's like he scolded us, but he taught us something, yes, multiple things yes. in the hour and a half that we talked to him. And one thing that we kept circling back to is this idea of being religious versus being observant. And we'll let him uh describe that cuz it would be in better terms than we could anyway but it was kind of eye opening and refreshing and also affirmed even in the moment our choice to have him on and to talk about you know Jewish yes. ceremonies I but would, also yes. all ceremonies because obviously he's a man of religion but I think neither one of us you know knew going into the recording exactly like how nitty gritty is this going to Go and do we want to, like, have to talk to our editor and be like, oh, just you know that right. one part where he goes on and on about some religious aspect, but that didn't happen at all. We were no. delighted and and impressed. he studied
0: every religion. I feel like he knows. <laughs> he knows. He knows all the prayers. He knows different languages. He knows. The different books. I mean, he, he really. Does
2: hundreds and hundreds of ceremonies. And he told me. Over
0: 500. Yeah. And
2: I think he mentions it in the episode about how he works with couples. He doesn't just give them a couple templates of like, okay, look at these. This is similar to you. You know, your dynamic. So pick the words that you want. He gives them access to every single script he's ever done. And I mean, he must mm. have them organized or cataloged in a certain way. But it's like, here's all the scripts of ceremonies I've done, you choose what you like from any of these and we will put it together and we will get you two married the way you want to be married. I love it. And I
0: loved him. And uh, as you'll hear, there is one, one type of ceremony he has yet to do and he does want to do it. So listen in for that because it's quite surprising. And maybe that's you listening. <laughs> it might be
2: you listening. It might be you. Right now. I want to read his bio because he did. Oh, yeah. This was read the only bio. part of the outline when I sent it to him that he sent back and was like, could you just tweak this little part right here? So it's yeah. rabbi approved. Okay. Okay. Rabbi Kenneth Block began his rabbinical career in 1974 as the rabbi of the Jewish Center in Hav de Grace, Maryland. I might be pronouncing that wrong. It sounds really good. In
0: 1978,
2: Rabbi Block was honored with the Boston College Alumni Association Award of Excellence for Religion. He retired after 40 years as an addiction chaplain at the Veterans Administration Maryland Healthcare Systems and as the chaplain for Bel Air, Maryland Volunteer Fire Company. See, this is things we didn't even talk about, but that's okay. It's another episode. He has a military background as well. I think that's what a chaplain is, right? Aside from the innumerable weddings and other religious and secular ceremonies Rabbi Block has performed in in association with specific organizations, he has written and performed well over 500 ceremonies outside of those affiliations. You
0: see? Impressive. Really impressive. He knows his stuff. All right. Well, you listen in and take some notes actually just take inspiration because you can do any type of ceremony you want no matter who's telling you what if if someone in your house of worship or that you grew up with seeing in your house of worship is telling you no absolutely not you can't do that rabbi black is going to prove him wrong boom so here we go
1: Hello, my name is Rabbi Kenneth B. Block, and I'm here in Silver Spring, Maryland, just out of outside of D.C. And thank you for having me on your podcast.
0: Well, thank you for, for being here, Rabbi Block. We um, we're very excited to do an episode uh, talking very much about Jewish ceremonies and tradition and hybrid. Uh, dual faith, um, because we mostly speak of, you know, civil ceremonies, I would say, Christy, right. When, when, when we do speak of them.
2: Yes. We try not to just default to straight, like I, I guess a Protestant Catholic, or Catholic, just traditional wedding in a church, but so many of our listeners and so many of our own clients have a very, um, strong desire to not have religion in their ceremonies. So when we do get questions about religious ceremonies, we always want to dig a little bit more. And for probably two years now, we've said we need to do a wedding that is, or an episode that is telling us more about Jewish weddings, especially as we're seeing more and more people. You
1: just, you just gave me a prompt. You said religious and People say that often, I'm not religious, or, well, if you weren't religious, you wouldn't be talking to me. So it's important to separate being religious from being observant. I haven't met many people who aren't religious. Everybody's religious. Many people aren't observant in a faith. And often we equate being observant with being religious. And one can be very observant and not a good religious person violating all the laws and rules and one can be very religious and never step foot in a building so religion is about relationships with god with the one with another person and so you do talk you do talk about religious weddings even though they're not denominational or they're not about ritual or observance Mm -hmm. that's i make that distinction with everyone i talk to
2: yeah, that, or they specifically want to leave the word God out, even though they have other ways of expressing like a connection to a larger perspective. That's correct. Perspective. Right.
1: Yeah, and that's not at all unusual. I do ceremonies with little or no mention of God. However, all of it involves relationship with higher power, with the one, with the universe. And that's what religion is about, having a relationship.
2: Um, I, I wanted to... Well, just to tell all of our listeners off the bat that you, you work specifically, or we're talking to you because you have officiated so many weddings. So you are an efficient for hire in the way that it's not like you're connected to one synagogue. And only if you attend that synagogue, do you get to be married by rabbi block?
1: Correct. Um, a rabbi for high. My website's rabbi on the go.com. And originally we we're going to call it rabbi to go. What? But if you look <laughs> at those letters, the word rabbit stands out. And that's yeah, ra- rabbi Ogo. Right. <laughs> and we looked at that on the screen and said, we need to call, call it something else. So we, we, we changed it. And we going to do rabbi on the run. But that's too much like Bush Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So we didn't do rabbi on the run.
2: So So rabbi on the go. I love rabbi on the go. So who, who calls you, who reaches out to you to officiate their wedding?
1: When I started, I don't know how many years ago, people found me on the internet and I was never anyone's first choice. (laughs) They had already gone to their rabbi, their minister, their pastor, and I was down on the list. As the years went on, people went to a wedding, or they had a friend that went to a wedding I did, and consequently, they were the fir- I was the first or second call. Then the other group I work with are unaffiliated. Doesn't matter whether they're Christians or Jews, they're just not affiliated with a religious institution, and a lot of clergy will only work with members, or you have to join for them to do the ceremony. So those are the two distinct groups, unaffiliated, and those that couldn't find anyone that would work with them because of the circumstances.
2: Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Were you down on the list because they'd already been like kind of rejected by other people that they had asked?
1: Uh, Not kind of. They were rejected and sometimes lectured to and sometimes berated. And I think that's a very sad state for religion and for my colleagues. You know, if you don't want to do the wedding, just say, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I do not officiate, I'm not going to do it. But somehow my colleagues feel the need to go into something else. And I have a lot of stories that I choose not to remember, because it's too embarrassing about my, mm. what my Jewish and Christian colleagues say to people.
2: It's on your website, I guess, kind of could be your catchphrase or your tagline, no couple should be denied the right to be joined together. So that positioned you sort of in a unique oh. way.
1: <laughs> and what I've, my goal was to demonstrate that any two individuals can have a meaningful wedding ceremony. And I've finished my goal. The only people I haven't officiated with, co-officiated, are those who won't co-officiate with me. And that's because of their theology or because of their rules. I understand. And then the other is there are still some religions I haven't done only because people haven't come to me. Uh, I've done Church of the Brethren, a Mennonite. I've never done Amish. Now, Mm. I don't know if a, a Jew would marry someone who's Amish or two Amish people would want to hire me I, right so it's a different but I you name a religion a denomination there is however one I have not done that is on my list that I really want to do which is and nude I have not done a nude wedding
2: uh-huh. not <laughs> expecting to say that yeah, me neither
1: and my wife said if I get a nude wedding she won't come
2: because <laughs> uh, Michelle, he told me on our onboarding call that his wife is often his date for you know these events. Not that they tie one on and stay till the very end, but you know it's a nice excuse to like get out of town, go somewhere. He works, maybe you get a little bit of food and drink out of it. But it's a nice. That's date awesome. Night.
1: That's great. Yeah, when we were in uh, Glasgow, and we spent several weeks in Scotland, we still talk about the wedding we did in scotland when we we're up in canada at mcgill at the university we still talk about going to canada we have made several trips to colorado and we plan time mm-hmm. and we do the wedding and then we have the vacation of the time there but even locally going into dc most beautiful venues and meet great people at one wedding we were seated next to who was the search director of surgery, George Washington. I don't remember which medical center, but two of the guests that we happened to stay for dinner that time, but two of the guests at the table had didn't win a Nobel prize, but they were on, you know, somehow on the, mm-hmm. I would never meet someone like that right. in my lifetime. And so you, one wedding, uh, Harriet sat next to the Japanese ambassador to the United States. Wow. At the, it was at the Hay Adams Hotel up on the roof. And again, we would never meet these people. You'd never get to talk or say hello or just find out that they're people. And they just want, they were at a wedding and they knew the couple. And the, the this couple, she was a reporter for Taiwan News. That's why the ambassador happened to, to come to that because of her connections, not connections because of her job, but these, we meet great people, get to talk to different people of religions and, and uh, professions that would never come in contact with.
0: Okay, if you'd like to continue listening to this episode, you'll need to subscribe either by clicking the link in the description of wherever you're listening now or go to our website, thebigweddingplanningpodcast.com. Once you become a subscriber, you'll be given a private RSS feed to add to your favorite podcast player app. You will have access to our entire catalog of full-length, ad-free episodes plus awesome subscriber-only content to help you plan your wedding. So if you enjoy what we're doing here, please consider becoming a subscriber. You're going to love it. I promise.